into the contest. It's Tuesday the 14th of September. Welcome to Afternoon Sport. Tim Gilbert here. Shane, look, we've got a problem. Thank God we've got a new sponsor on board because our hair will be looked after. Main hair have come on board, which is great, but haircuts. My wife's cutting my hair. This is true story with horse clippers at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> well, we do have a fantastic sponsor, mate, mainhaircare.com. Um, mate, it's wonderful smelling stuff. It's uh, invigorating mm. as well. But no, I need a haircut too. My hair is very, very long, but due to these products, mate, it's very luscious. Yeah, luscious. Okay, I can't, I can't wait to rip it in. I tell you what, I I am looking like the wild man from Borneo at the moment. Okay, there's a stack to talk about today. We've got so much cricket on. Uh, Matthew Hayden joins the Pakistan coaching team. Four man cads in one innings. Could you believe it? We've got league. We've got AFL. It's finals time. It's all on the way. Now, there's nothing like a healthy head of hair. Shane, when I first met you, those blonde flowing locks, well, they had a life of their own. Yes, Timmy. As they say, look after your hair and everything else will take care of itself. Now, I've got something for you too, Timmy, even with that silver fox look. It's called Main Hair Care. Oh, Main Hair Care. I know it. I absolutely love it. Yes, mate. Specialised men's hair care, targeting scalp conditions to stimulate scalp and over time improve growth. Oh, it's a fantastic product. It really is. I also note that it's all Australian, fully organic ingredients, Shane. Yep. Not only will you look good, but the scent is just wonderful. Main Hair Care. I'm going to get it on today. Mainhaircare.com. Shane, uh, this whole idea of the the test match, the one-off test match in Hobart against Afghanistan, look, it's not happening. And uh, the Afghan captain, Ashgar Afghan, has come out and had a real crack at the Australian captain. Yep. I always say I never like when uh, sportsmen start playing the political game. And um, yeah, Tim Payne, very, very outspoken there, making comments on behalf of Cricket Australia and supporting them and their stance on, on women in sport. Yes, we do have a very, very strong female sporting uh, presence in this country. That's our country. Tim, Tim Payne's job is to talk about the Australian cricket team and not political stuff. I think you should just uh, zip it and move on. So should this uh, Afghanistan uh, captain as well. Yeah, the only problem with – and I I can feel for these guys. Like they're, 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 they're trying to emerge out of the third world as, as, a, as a cricketing nation. And, and, and this is what happens. You get collateral damage, don't you, when it gets politicised. And uh, regardless of what your decision is on it, uh, these guys are caught in between. Yeah, but fortunately for the Afghanistani players at the moment, they have another option. If you go back 20, 30 years, you can only play for your country. These guys can now play um, for many franchises around the world in T20 cricket um, and make a lot of money. Saying that, I'm sure they do want to play for their own country. Mm, yeah. What about Matthew Hayden joining uh, the Pakistan coaching staff? I remember when Jeff Lawson took over as Pakistan coach some years ago. It, uh, it's it's not usually the done thing by Australian uh, cricketers or former cricketers. You can't blame Matthew Hayden uh, for, for making a buck. Um Matthew Hayden was a fantastic batsman. Um, he was actually one of the few guys that I, when I played against him, uh, New South Wales versus Queensland, would actually spend time with you after the match. I remember I scored 100 and he sat me down and he said, what did you do differently today? He understands batting um, better than anyone. He'll be a huge asset for, for Pakistan, an absolute winner um, as a batsman. Now, he averaged, I think, 65 as an opening batsman 
at the Gabba when they used to not prepare the wickets uh, for Shield matches. They were so green. Fantastic batsman, and he'll be a big, big asset, as I said, as a coach. Yeah, really likeable bloke. I love him. I really mm. do. How hard was he to get out when you're playing against him? He was just a, a, he was just a freak. Oh, man, Mountain, you know, huge chest, um, big, big stride. Um, his bat seemed so wide. Um, and as I said, mate, he, his goal when he was opening a test match for Australia, not to get to lunch, he'd say, I'm just going to get to dinner. Mm. Um, to tea time, and um, yeah, he he could battle day and, and, and make big hundreds as we as we saw. Now, what about this uh, teenage debutant? Uh, tell me more about this story. Four man cads in one over. Now, for for those that don't know cricket, that is where you you dismiss a batsman at the non uh, not the non facing end, basically, and you you catch them out of their ground. It's it's sort of frowned upon. <laughs> sort of, it's a terrible thing to do. Um, <laughs> Maver, what's his name? Maver du- Duva. Um, he, he took one for thirty two off his four overs, and then slipped in four man cads. Do you think anyone will be coming in his change room for a fucking beer? Jesus Christ! <laughs> that, that, now the man cab was named after um, an Indian um, a guy called Venu Mancad, who. Uh, did it to Bill Brown in the 947 series, Australia versus England. And, yeah, it's, it's been frowned upon ever since. And, uh, yeah, four man cads in one game. Um, Jesus, he won't be very popular. Yeah, we were playing in an MCS first 11 final at school, I remember. And, look, we were all over this side like a cheap suit. And then uh, <laughs> one of their opposition bowlers pulls out the man cad. It was like, seriously, <laughs> seriously. Can you believe it in a schoolboy match? Now, um, AFL, grand final. It's in Perth. And for all those in Western Australia, look, they're they're getting sprinkled, aren't they? People in Western Australia and Queensland with grand finals. And good luck to them because they never get to see it on their doorstep. But these paid-up members of the AFL are pissed off about no compensation coming their way. And, and, And it's hard to argue with them. Yeah, a really, really tough one and I really do feel, and we spoke about it on the Afternoon Sports Show um, a few months ago, saying if Melbourne did get there, there'd be long-suffering fans, mm. may not get a chance to actually watch them in a grand final and that's the case. I, I totally understand um, the disappointment from these punters who have paid hundreds and hundreds of dollars every year for the opportunity, should their team make it, they almost guaranteed a ticket um, at the grand final. It, it won't happen um, due to you know, COVID and, and, and the restraints and that sort of stuff. So, look, it's just really, really unfortunate. What what can the AFL do? Not much, really. They've been able to keep this game going um, so everyone else can enjoy a grand final just for someone that won't be at the match. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what, I'm on the Red Legs bandwagon. I'm, yes, I'm loving this. Go the Melbourne Demons. And, and Collingwood, they've uh, they've bolstered their coaching ranks. Obviously, the, the head coach, well, not a not a household name, particularly in uh, places where AFL isn't the predominant sport. No, um, but two, like, like any new coach coming in, he brings his team in. He's brought in Justin Lepich um, and Brendan Bolton. Um, he spent a lot mm. of time playing with Justin Lepich at Brisbane. Uh, that's McRae, the coach. And you know, and Brendan Bolton was the former Carlton assistant coach down there. So a really, really good team that he's building there at Collingwood. Collingwood throwing serious resources at this. They need to. Yeah, and, and the Rugby League has finally rolled on that uh, final, uh, moving the Melbourne Storm to an afternoon game because otherwise it would have clashed with... Uh, this. We're talking two weeks' time here. Yeah, but that makes absolute perfect sense. It's, it's really, really... Tough. I found it watching, so I love both the AFL um, and the NRL, um, and trying to flick between the matches, uh, you know, on the weekend. It's really, really tough. You have to try and record one, but it's never the same watching a game that you know it's not live. 
Yeah, yeah, I, I get you. And um, look, this is a really um, moving post, wasn't it, from Olympic uh, superstar Stephanie Rice on Instagram. Now, she was the golden girl, had all the looks, all the ability, and um, it's, it's, you know, she's showing some real mental health vulnerability here, and it happens often in sport, doesn't it, particularly when people move away from it and lose their identity. Yeah, it's a real thing, Timmy, and I think people – use the term mental health a little bit too frequently these days. But um, what she said, I, I found really moving. Um, the fact that uh, the Olympics only comes around once every four, five years on this case, um, and her being there commentating brought up a lot of sort of negative thoughts and, and the thing that made her really good, but the thing that she's really missing now, I, I really do get where she's coming from. She said she felt depressed and she said making the transition from sport to the real world is, and I quote her, fucking hard. And... Yeah, I really do feel for Stephanie Rice. She was a superstar in the pool, but finding out what you're really meant to do post-sport can be really, really tough. You know, and I, I was lucky I went into um, the business world, but still, when you, when you reflect back after a few years, you think, well, hang on, what what am I really, really good at? And you, you'll probably never be as good as being an elite sportsman because that gave you so much enjoyment. Yeah, absolutely. Well said. And I think it's, it's, it's absolutely important for all sporting structures, administrators, organisers to have this as a keystone of, of careers all throughout. Like swimming careers are very short. Uh, you know, cricket careers are longer and so are football careers. But they need to be thinking, they need to be schooling the whole way through to try and avoid some of the disasters that we've seen in, in people's lives that, that happen when they leave their sport. Now, quite in contrast, Conor McGregor, Gregor, um, what's going on here? He, like, was it the hexagon that they normally fight on? This time it's a red carpet. He's blown up the Irishman. He is a great promoter, this guy, Conor McGregor. He got into a bit of a, a red carpet, as you said, uh, punch up with Machine Gun Kelly, mate. Now, Timmy, do you know who Machine Gun Kelly is? Because I don't. But I know he's going out with Megan Fox and she's a good sort. Um but he, but he said here, he denies the fight now, and he said, I only fight real fighters, people that um, actually fight. I certainly do not fight vanilla ice rappers. So there you go. <laughs> it's pretty- Machine Gun Kelly, cop that. Yeah, the only problem, and it's hard to argue with uh, with the old Conor McGregor because he's got more money than than most but uh, yep. and had huge success. But there's a couple of videos which might uh, conflict his view. <laughs> like it's hard to deny what's, <laughs> what's on camera. Anyway, uh, NFL, this is a really nice story. Jordan Mike. Mylata, the kid that grew up in Bankstown, the man mountain, you know, six foot seven, 166 kilos, just signed this $100 million deal in the US to play NFL. And he's he's achieved something that he always wanted to achieve. It's it's, it's a lovely, lovely little um, story, this one. It is a beautiful story, mate. And as you said, he signed a $108 million contract, which is $40 million that is guaranteed um, for the Philadelphia Eagles. And he said he's um, one thing he's always wanted to do is buy his parents a home. So... Um, what a lovely, lovely thing to do. I'm sure he'll get quite a decent house at Bankstown for that. <laughs> well, he, he would have in the old days. <laughs> house prices in Sydney are through the... bit like the, yeah, bit, yeah. Bit like the Kerrigans in the castle. House prices around here. <laughs> yeah, Condor Park, Bankstown. Congratulations to him. That is a, a real rags to riches yes. story, that one. And uh, finally, as we wind the clock back, Shano, your war story today takes us back to Prime Minister's Eleven. You had a bit of a stranglehold on this. Yeah, I did, mate. I was fortunate enough to captain the Prime Minister's Eleven three times, twice under Howard, um, Prime Minister, and once under Keating. Johnny Howard was um, 
as we all know, he loved loves his cricket. Um, he would actually select the team. Keating didn't know much about it at all, and I'll get to that. But we would actually go down to the lodge uh, pre-match. We played against England twice and India once. Um, and Johnny would be at the lodge in his Australian cricket tracksuit, and he'd, he'd serve us drinks, and we'd have a, a quiet beer before the match. And it was amazing. But I remember Keating coming in for the photo call after the match, after we beat, I think it was England, and... Um, he asked me who was my best pitcher, so I don't think old Keating was really, really across his cricket. But um, but it was, a, it was an amazing experience, nonetheless. For for, for punters who just played cricket in C grade on the weekend, that that those kinds of stories, you know, having drinks at the lodge, um, were they as good as they looked? Um, the lodge was a really underwhelming place, actually. It was just like a little uh, place <laughs> place down in Canberra. Um, yeah, I had a big front gate. That that was about it. But it was a, just a nice little home and. And Johnny treated it like his own. It was um, it, it was a it was a humbling experience, mate. To to be the captain of an Australian team or be the Prime Minister eleven was uh, was an amazing amazing experience. Well, yeah, and, and well deserved. Congratulations. Yeah, I was. I don't think I ever captained a team. Actually, maybe in the backyard when we had to pick our own team <laughs> and pick the kids on the street. <laughs> That's it for Afternoon Sport today. Make sure you hit follow or subscribe wherever you listen. A big thank you to our sponsors. Yeah, our new sponsors, mainhaircare.com. Oh, great to have them on board. And our wonderful producer, he uses a little bit on the side, Dan McHugh. We'll be back tomorrow with your daily dose of sport.